You know, God's got a funny sense of humor. I am um, watching the news last night, and they're showing the Mississippi River and the chunks of ice floating down it. Okay, I get up this morning, it's 10 degrees, and then I'm preaching about fishing today. You know, so, no, not ice fishing, okay? And for all of those you who, and I had a bunch of people come out the doors earlier in the other services and offer to bring in their fishing pictures, and I said, just as long as there's no beer cans in the pictures, man, everybody just left. <laughs> Anyhow. The question for the day is, how's the fishing? I mean, that's probably what Jesus said to Peter. How's the fishing? And Peter said, it's not too good. And we already heard the punchline from Babs. Jesus says, guess what? I'm going to make you fishers of people. Fishers of people. Now, Here's the only hard thing. To be fishers of people, you need to fish in the deep. Okay? And the question is, what's the deep? And I'm going to give you an answer. The deep is where life is the messiest. The deep is where life is the most painful. The deep is where life is most fractured. The deep is where there are no easy answers. The deep is where broken relationships exist and trust is broken. Now, who wants to go fishing? Yeah. Life is sometimes very, very difficult. You know, I'm amazed at how durable the gospel is. For over... 2,000 years, the gospel of Jesus Christ has been healing broken people, giving them new lives, assuring people of how much they are loved by God. And that's the message for us today. You know, it was a sunny day, and Simon Peter's cleaning his nets And he sees old Jesus down there preaching to the people on the beach. And Jesus kind of moseys on down, steps in a boat, and pushes out a little bit and finishes preaching. And then he says to Simon Peter, why don't we go out in the deep and do some more fishing? Now, have you ever wondered, what did Simon Peter really think when Jesus said that? I mean, come on, this is Simon Peter. He probably thought, Jesus, are you nuts? I mean, we fished all night, didn't catch anything, and you want to go out into the deep where the fish can see our nets in broad daylight and catch fish. I mean, think about it. What did Peter really You ever gotten a little testy with somebody? Do you think maybe Peter could have thought, hey, carpenter boy, who do you think you are telling me how to do something I've done for 20 years? Or, hey, Jesus, why do you think you know where the glory hole is, where all these fish are? Or, 
Jesus, are you meaning to tell me that I'm running my fishing business into the ground? You ever had that kind of conversation with God? Oh, not that we would be that rude to God. We would just be indifferent with him. Oh, Lord, I'm, I'm a little busy this month. You know, um, let me check back in May when it's not so cold. Maybe I'll feel more like it then. Or maybe we just say to ourselves, God, how could you really understand my marriage, my kids, my grandkids, my job, everything I'm dealing with, my health, and much less, Lord, we're two years into this COVID jazz now, and I'm tired of it. So how can you understand all that? Maybe that kind of conversation was going on there on the beach that day. You know, when my son Ben was six, and he's 37 now, when my son Ben was six, we bought him a Fisher Price fishing pole. I mean, he thought that was the coolest fishing pole. And for a week, he would off and on go out on the patio, and we had a red bucket out there, and he'd fish in that red bucket, thinking he was going to catch something. And it finally broke my heart. I thought, I can't have my kid fishing in this red bucket. So I took him down Tesson Ferry to Susan Park. And there, Ben and I learned how to put a worm on a hook, or we had some corn, and I bought him a big red bobber, okay? And he was so patient. He would sit there, and he would watch that bobber and wait for it to move. Well, one day, he finally caught a fish. It was all of maybe two inches long, okay? And I tried to talk to him about maybe we should put the fish back so it can grow into a big fish. You know, you would have thought he caught Jaws, okay? He was so, and we had to take that fish home, and we had to show mom and his sister and the neighbors. I'm surprised we didn't go door to door with Jaws. Well, finally, he moved on to something else, and I gave Jaws a fitting Christian funeral out in the flower garden. And Ben never forgot that fish. So are you ready? Are you ready to go fishing where life is the messiest? Because I'll tell you, sometimes I'd rather keep going back to Susan Park. It's controllable, it's easy, I can handle everything. And nobody talks back. But Jesus says, go out into the deep. And you already heard it. What's the bait for when we go fishing with Jesus? It's our lives. Our lives of faith. That it's how we live life as Christians how Jesus Christ lives in us, how we love, how we forgive, how we show other people charity. That's the bait. And I got to be honest, 
Some days that works pretty well for me, and some days it doesn't. Some days it's just tough, and some days are filled with great hope. So it's faith. It's faith that Jesus lives in us and calls us his own that allows us to be fishers of people. Now I'm going to tell you four stories about fishing. And uh, none of these are those happy stories where everybody just, you know, trots off into the sunset. But the first story I want to tell you about fishing has to do with my job here at King of Kings. Because I've got about 65 people on a list that I keep in contact with or call on or sometimes visit, give them communion, make sure everything's okay. And I find that for them, the fishing gets tougher once you get to be 80, 85-ish, okay? Because you can't see as well. You can't hear as well. You can't breathe as well. You may need oxygen. You may need to use a walker, and they take your car away. And then you go to sit at dinner at night, and that full table now has empty seats because your friends have died, your spouse has died, your children have died, your friends have died. And the water gets deeper and deeper. Try fishing there with those people. For I'm going to suggest this to you. If you know some of those people, go listen to them. Hear their stories of how for 85, 90 years, Jesus Christ has sustained them and kept them through all kinds of things, all kinds of circumstances, how they've never felt uncared for by God. Story number two. My baby sister calls me up and we're very close. We talk to each other probably five times a week, but my baby sister Laura calls me up and says, Alan, I had an experience and now I understand what you do a little better. I said, really? And she said, yeah, I've got this friend, Carol, who's 70 years old. I said, that's a good age. And she said, Carol came over to my house and told me I got to tell you a story. And she said, when I was 18, I got pregnant. And my parents told me if I didn't get married in the Mormon temple, they were going to disown me and never talk to me again. So I got married in the temple. But it turned out, she said, that my husband was psychotic. And he threatened to kill me, he threatened to kill our baby, and he threatened to kill himself. And so she says, I did the only thing I thought I could do at the time. I put that baby up for adoption. And I had those records sealed so that no one could ever find her. Well, she gets a letter in the mail some 50 years later. And it's from her daughter. 
because the courts unsealed the records. And the letter starts off, Mom, I met Dad three months ago before he died. And he told me how you hid me from him so he couldn't love me. And she just cried. Sometimes fishing means we're in it for the long haul, kids. It's not a Saturday afternoon adventure. It may be a lifetime with somebody else helping to heal the hurts and pains of life. And some things you can't figure out. You can't say good guy, bad guy, whatever. We just need to go with healing. Third story. Maybe you saw this on 60 Minutes a couple months ago. There's an organization in America called Story Corp, C-O-R-P. And they go around America interviewing people to understand how they have survived and lived in America and growing up and what they've been through. And it's fascinating to hear the story on a guy named Roberto Vargas. And he is a PhD microbiologist out on the East Coast. And when COVID started, he got real involved with that. And it got to the point where he got afraid for his family. And so he moved into somebody's basement and he just said to his family, I'm not coming home till this is over because I, I couldn't handle it if something happened to any of you. Well, after a year and a half, StoryCorp went out and interviewed that family. And his little 10-year-old boy says, all I want, all I want is for my daddy to come home and eat dinner with us and play catch with me. Sometimes fishing involves hearing the heart of somebody else. Hearing the heart of somebody else and being there for them, loving them, and not forgetting them. Fishing. Okay, last story. And you can find this on the internet under bathtub babies, okay? I had somebody come out the door earlier and said, Pastor, I'm going home and look up bathtub babes right away. And I said, no, that is not what I said. (laughs) Bathtub babies. Well, this is a story about when those horrible tornadoes came through Kentucky a couple months ago. And there's this grandma And she's babysitting her two twin granddaughters. And the tornado siren rings. And she doesn't have a basement. And she, her friend told her the safest place in the house is the bathtub. Because the bathtub has all the pipes and everything connected to it. And it's harder to rip out. So grandma puts the two babies in the bathtub with a Bible and a blanket. And she goes and hides wherever she was going to go. The tornado comes through. Grandma survives, and she runs in the bathroom, and the bathtub is gone. 
And they find the bathtub about a mile over in somebody's pasture. And they very carefully lift that bathtub up. And they find two babies, a blanket and a Bible. And the babies are just fine. It's a miracle, everybody says. God spared their lives. And yet, a mile and a half down the road the other way, that tornado destroyed a house where a mother and father and their two boys lived and killed them all. How do you figure that out? Sometimes when you're fishing in the deep, the boat turns over. And that's where you got to remember who's riding in the boat with you. It's Jesus. Throughout all life, it's Jesus who says, why don't you come and be a fisher of people? Hear people, love people, care about people. Well, let's go fishing. We're at the dock. We're backing up the bass boat. Man, we're going to have a good time. And there's another boat coming in. And they pull up and tie up. And what do we say to them? How's the fishing? And Simon Peter looks up and says to us, the fishing's messy, but Jesus is with us, so it's worth your life. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.